This is Chuck and Aardvark versus the Galaxy. He's Chuck. He's Aardvark. And a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, there were a pair of young white cis men who didn't have a podcast where they talked as if they were authority figures about everything. You're only some percentage white. Well, according to the census. <laughs> I'm 100% white, so... <laughs> That's true. Not saying that I'm happy about it, but I, I can't change what the government says. We're, we're helpless. And on that happy note, we begin our podcast. Two men huddled in a dark room. Yes. An abandoned laser tag court. This place was closed 10 years ago due to a horrible incident. Apparently, this place is considered exceptionally haunted. It's actually listed as one of the FBI's most haunted. I did find a, a, a cassette player that was left behind. And here, let me just, I'm just going to play, play it for you. Oh my God. We didn't know that the lasers were real. The lasers, the terrible, terrible lasers. They came from the sky and they told us, here, use these laser guns. We'll finally put your laser business on the map. Oh, and it's on the map. It's, uh, it's on the map, like the, the police map. The irony. Also, this place has been haunted for like a thousand years. It's actually over an old burial ground. So, uh, the, the haunting is completely unrelated to this incident. Yeah, the whole stuff that we just said about the lasers. I mean, it's bad, and it's probably still important, but it's not why we closed. No. <laughs> actually, co- actually, even before we knew it was haunted, we had, you know, we got a D rating on our what is, sanitation inspection. And our safety ratings are abysmal. Wait, there weren't there weren't enough fire escapes, so we uh, we never actually got to open. There was, we just live here. We're brothers. Yeah, we record these cassette tapes uh, to put in our to put in our family albums. Mama wouldn't put us in the album. Mama wants to pretend that she never had twins. Identical twins, born on September 11th, 2001. <laughs> okay, maybe not. So that was that was meaningless. That didn't help us at all. They have really, really good like laser tag rooms. Like this one seems like the Mummy, the, the Brendan Fraser movie, The Mummy. Clearly, like they illustrated him thinking of Brendan Fraser, but also they didn't want to uh, commit a copyright violation. So he's a little, there's a little off brand, I would say. Yeah, they uh, they actually branded it as the Mommy. Yeah, which um, I'm a little worried that it's going to bring up bad memories for you. That thing looks a lot like my mother before, the, even before the fire. She just she was ever a shining star. Let's put it that way. No, 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 no. Corpse like. Said her uh, birth certificate. Yeah, well, no, there, there used to be uh, a, an editorial section on birth certificates. Oh, they got rid of that a um, long time yeah, ago. Yeah, it was there. The doctors could could state their opinions on the quality of the child. They'd give them a, like a little grade. Uh, I feel like the grade of your mother was similar to the grade of this laser tag establishment. Not up to code. Frightening. And 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 when she's around, more exits are needed. <laughs> I feel like you are also probably getting kind of triggered by this place um, because there's we're right next door to the the Hogwarts ripoff, and there's this little kind of goblin creature just kind of leering at us out of the darkness, and there's a sign over him that says "Daddy the House Elf." Yeah. Um, and I, for for those of you who are just tuning in, Ari's father is very much alive. He is. Uh, he is. I would. I would. Refer to him as an emperor. He owns a bunch of overseas factories 
and and also is building an army of sentient robots for purposes uh, thus far unknown to us. I'm calling you a boy. I'm calling you a boy. Oh my dad's. Oh, Ari's. That's Ari's custom ringtone for his father. It wasn't custom. Oh, this phone is owned by my father's company. This was this. That was one of the. Oh, that was that was pre-programmed. I don't even know how to change it. It was. It was. It was that ringtone and YouTube's songs of innocence were pre-programmed into the phone. Oh man, yeah, he was he was not happy about that. You're gonna answer the phone. Oh, sorry. I should. Yeah. Hey, da- Nanny Numskull. A uh, Nanny Numskull. For those of you just now tuning in, is uh, Ari's maid growing up? Yeah. Hi, Nanny. Why? I haven't heard from you in years. What? My dad's in the hospital. What? What happened? He- <sighs> Nanny Numskull says the robots fought back. There's been a revolution. Yeah. My my dad was struck. He's in critical condition. And is he at the hospital? No hospitals, he told them. No hospitals. Then why? Then why was the first thing you said your was that your dad was in the hospital? Yeah, nanny, that's <laughs> Why did you say he was in the hospital? It was an expression, apparently. Oh, gotcha. She just said, you know, your your dad's in the hospital. So where where say? did they take him? Where is he? Apparently, they buried him alive. What? Why? He said it's good for. He said that he said man's true place is in the dirt, and Wait, he okay, he okay. shall recover is, with the Earth's energy. Is he is he uh like like in some kind of protective chamber? Is he is he in some kind of that he just buried him in the dirt? It, get my dad out of there! He says the Earth's nutrients will restore him. My dad's insane. <laughs> you're, you're you're he's lost it. Well, did the laser hit him in the head? Where, where did the laser hit him? In the shin. Oh. No. Nanny Numskull. Nanny Numskull. Unbury him and call me back. Hopefully that fixes everything. I, I think, but you're forgetting about your father's surgery. Don't you remember when he said that uh, everyone knows that a man's head is his weakest point? So he had his prefrontal cortex removed and then put right into his shin. He said the shin was the one place they would never look for his brain. <laughs> Wait. Call her back. Nanny. Nanny, which? Which shin? Okay, the right shin. So it's not the one with the free part of the So he should be fine. Wait, you don't remember about his other surgery? <laughs> no. <laughs> he knew that uh, everybody knew that he'd gotten his brain put into his, his, wait, which shin did you say? I don't remember. <laughs> well, whatever. The other shin, not the, not the one that you said. <laughs> and then, uh, so he had his shin switched. Is that why my father's feet were backward the that, whole time? Yeah, that's why your father walked the way he did. I, I told him to remove him from the ground. I can only hope that he'll be okay. What's in what's... in the meantime, I, I, I all of this talk about Harry Potter has made me think about something that I've been thinking about for a while. Fill me in. You know how the tide has just really turned on J.K. Rowling recently. Oh, I mean, I've, I've, I'm, I'm surprised you do, considering I don't let you use your phone. But I've, it's been all over Twitter for the last like few months. The whole, you know. The Dumbledore is gay phenomenon, where she said Dumbledore's gay, and reasonable people said okay, <laughs> but some people got really mad about it. 
Right. I mean, I think I think there were some real criticisms about queer baiting. Okay, that's fair. That were in the, peppered into the conversation. But I but I think that like there has been this general kind of exasperation with J.K. Rowling because it seems like just like every time you know the joke is that every time a thought pops into her head about something that could be true about the Harry Potter universe, she chooses to share it with everyone as though it was as canonically thought through as like her the book series that she planned out and wrote for like 15 years. I think that JK Rowling has gotten used to disappointing people. I mean, it's like her MO at this point. Right. You know, it started with book seven where she, you know, took everything that was ever good about the escapism of my childhood and she set it on fire. And now she does it like on a seemingly a weekly basis on Twitter. And so what is her game? And I know the obvious place to take this would be like, well, the world of Harry Potter is real. And it's being transferred into her it's brain. Being transferred into her brain. But honestly, like that feels like the boring, the boring theory. Like, and as that, you all know, the, the truth is never boring. The truth is always... Occam's Razor, the truth is always the most interesting option. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Occam's famous razor. That thing is crazy. I've seen it in museums. It looks like a freaking... Like a, like a crazy, like Dr. Seussian multi-tool. <laughs> it's got like a propeller. It, it has like a like a corkscrew. Like I don't even know how you would shave your face with this thing. And when Occam was asked about it, his response was, "Well, find the most interesting part and use that." <laughs> <laughs> Occam, what a what a ridiculous man what Occam a, was. What a whimsical character. What a lunatic. <laughs> what, a, what a what a scamp. But I do think J.K. Rowling must have a political agenda for everything that she's done. All of her tweets, everything that she's written. She's trying to, I mean, she's the most influential person in the entire world. But where is she influencing us and why? I think once we know what group J.K. Rowling is working for, it'll all come into place. Like, like Maybe we should list off uh, the various lessons we took from Harry Potter. Be true to your friends. Um, don't trust authority. Don't act brash and make assumptions because it could it could uh, hurt you in the long run. The most practical solution to something is not the most interesting. I, oh, oh, the classism thing. The rich and the poor, the mudbloods and the purebloods. We can't trust any of that. It's, it's horrible. And don't trust you know authority. What, do you know what I think the biggest thing that J.K. Rowling taught us? What did she teach us? She, sh- she showed us a world that she was obviously portraying as a better world than ours, right? Oh, yeah, the wizard's life is great. Right, compared to the muggles. I mean, he wants to be, I mean, he wants to be one of the Dursleys. Exactly. There are certain things in the Harry Potter world that they don't use magic for, right? Mm-hmm. That they'll just, they'll just you know, you'll, dri- you'll drive an actual car when you could just use magic to teleport. But you drive a car. But there is one thing that magic essentially replaces entirely. Crafting and handwork, right? Yeah. Think about, think about... The banners in the Great Hall that all say Slytherin at the end of the first book when they think that Slytherin has won. And then Dumbledore makes a big show of humiliating a quarter of his student base publicly. And then claps his hands at the age of 18. And they all transform into the golden banner. So those banners were not woven by hand. Created. They are created by magic. So why... Do you think J.K. Rowling was trying to create a world, a better world, an escapism world for children, where she was showing us that arts and crafts are to be forgotten, are to be are are, are the dirty remnants of the boring Muggle world? By the way, why do we have why in the real world are there other witches but no wizards? 
I think if you say that you're a witch, you're saying that you sort of relate to this oppressed community of people who were, you know, murdered for their practice for years. And I think if you come in, in <laughs> with like big I'm wizard, a wizard. <laughs> big, then you, wi- you sound like you remember the KKK. Yeah, so it's not yeah. big wizard energy is like just like the most patriarchal, the grand wizard. We don't need that bull crap in our. Yeah. No, yeah. thank you. No, thank you, Grand Wizard. Like, if you meet someone in the street who's like, who's like, oh yeah, I practice witchcraft. You're like, oh wow, that's like really cool that you are part of this like counterculture. So you meet someone in the street and he's like, I'm a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> so ironically, though, the one art that she isn't condemning in the novels is books, which is the one that she gets money off of. So of course she won't. They don't watch movies. They don't watch movies. They don't go to like wizard art museums. In fact, their art is literally just like moving versions of the real thing. Like, what even is that? Yeah, they'll they'll take photographs. But- it's like she's like is kind of like scoffing at the, like the idea of like the visual arts and all the paintings are silly men who like say silly things like right and it's like why would you sculpt in a world where suits of armor are literally sentient and can come to life yeah, everything's sentient in that world and yeah. everything's done with like a fl- a, a, swish, a, a swish, swish and a flick, and a flick. <laughs> why why does no character in JK Rowling's world ever oh no this doesn't work i just i'll find we'll find a way to why does no one in this world ever uh, swish and flicks and chill Swish Netflix and chill. Swish Netflix and chill. Because they have no technology. Because they don't. They have no Netflix. Because they don't watch movies. Because there's no art. Yeah. Maybe she's worried about global warming. Maybe she's mad about it and is blaming arts and crafts. I don't know. Why would you blame arts and crafts for climate change? Because the people who are drawing these pictures, paintings drawn on paper, torn from trees, every book ever written eventually gets made into a movie. Movies, the amount of production, the amount of trucks and cars and businesses. Think of how much damage that's doing to the environment. J.K. Rowling is the most commodified artist in the world. Well, yeah. And she optioned her books to be adapted by movies. That's my point. Maybe J.K. Rowling thinks that the only way to solve the problem is to do it from the inside. Maybe J.K. Rowling wants it all for herself. Man. J.K. Rowling is trying to destroy all other forms of art she except for to, Harry Potter. She wants to be she wants Harry Potter to be the only property in the world and she wants to be the only artist that exists. Yeah. Who wrote seven of the eight Harry Potter films? Stephen Cloves. The fact that I know that one wasn't written by him shows how much of a nerd I am. And now you know Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, who's being written by? J.K. Rowling. She took over the job. Eventually they'll say, New Harry Potter series. Written and directed and produced by J.K. Rowling. Starring J.K. Rowling as J.K. Rowling. You're right. It's, it's, it's She's playing a massive game of artist monopoly. And she's like, you know, people are going to get suspicious of me. People are going to start thinking, man, this J.K. Rowling's appearing in everything. So she said, I'm going to write a book series under a different name. Right. I wonder how many books have been goes written by J.K. Rowling. Oh my gosh. What if like, the majority are? So it's like how vitamin, water, and Sprite seem like they're competing in a market, but they're just both owned by Coca-Cola. Has anyone here actually met David Yates? Because you know, <laughs> if you listening, have you personally met David Yates? See, Chris Columbus, as everyone knows, Chris Columbus is a true artor. Mm-hmm. Home Alone. Home Alone 2. Lost in New York. This man knows how to direct a true masterpiece. And he said, you know what I'm going to do? I will bless the world with my vision of Harry Potter. He comes in, Harry Potter 1, Harry Potter 2. J.K. Rowling begins to raise her eyebrows. Hmm, who is this fellow who is beginning to take over my property? Chris Columbus, don't you think perhaps you ought to go spend more time with your family? You never know what could happen to your family. He goes, I'm going to leave now and spend more time with my family. She says, all right, bring in Alfonso Cuaron. She's like, why don't you leave now? He leaves. Then she brings in a fourth, Mike Newell. Who's Mike Newell? And then 
David Yates, David Yates, David Yates, David Yates, David Yates, David Yates. That's actually how many David Yates Harry Potter movies and branch offs have been. David Yates clearly is a patsy or a puppet for J.K. Rowling, or is J.K. Rowling? I don't know which one it is. And you know what the sick and twisted part is? What? I think J.K. Rowling thinks she's doing the noble thing. Because David Yates, when you rearrange it and remove the T, says, I saved day. <laughs> she thinks she's saving us. We're not the first to figure this out. James Cameron. Say more about that. Well, Harry Potter world. Oh, man. They got some whimsical fantasy land. Disney's like, we now are releasing Avatar. And now James Cameron's making, you know, Avatar 2, Avatar 3, Avatar 4. He's trying to take over. So you're telling me that the only the only way to stop J.K. Rowling's global takeover is the hope that James Cameron's Avatar is going to catch on? Yeah. We are doomed. I am I believe in James Cameron. I think that Avatar 2 is going to be the greatest film of all time. And when it is, when you guys are plucking yourself in and injecting yourself into the Avatar world as one of the blue Navi and going to NaviCon, then you'll be coming back and you'll be apologizing to me. And of course, in this future where uh, everybody is at the NaviCon and it's just taken over, there will be, of course, a small group of people who are like, man, I, I miss the old days. I miss shopping at old Navi. I miss the old Navi, not like the new Navi. <laughs> A lot of artists are doing this. Are they, or are they all J.K. Rowling? I mean, think about oh the oh my, think God. about the other big artists like who are out right now. George R. R. Martin. Well, no, we know he's real. He has to be real canonically. <laughs> so George R. R. Martin's out there. He's the boy. Okay, let me think. Who else? Um, I mean Stephen King. J.K. K. K. I mean, that one's obvious. Patrick Rothfuss. R. Rar. Rar. J. Rawling. Rothfussing. It's just laughing at it. She's laughing at it. He's not even making it subtle. It's been right there. James Patterson. J. Rawling. And also, on top of that, guys, I mean, if you really, if you think all this sounds like utter nonsense, just consider the first two letters that he uses for her name. JK. It's yeah. Big, it's all a big joke to her. Uh, have you uh, have you gotten any texts? Oh, I should probably check that shit in my... Uh, yeah. From Nanny Numskull. I mean, it's been... She says... Like 20 minutes. She says they're still digging. <laughs> <laughs> you don't seem too torn up about it, honestly. I'm gonna say I'm, that... I'm, I'm devastated. You are paying lip service to, like, a son who is upset, but I think deep down you're not too concerned. Well... My dad always will be okay. He's my dad. Like Arthur Weasley. Like Arthur Weasley. Just the fact that she's in my head, that she she's my like go-to reference point. It's like it's insane how ubiquitous she's become and and we all bought into it, you know? I was there at those midnight premieres. In the year 2000, Al Gore lost the election in America and began to spread the word about climate change. Jake, you've only heard about this. And she'd been almost on book five. She was like, you know, about to finish, pen the last word, you know. Yeah, nice 300-page volume. And then she's like, oh, God. What is... Oh, no. I have to do something. And she created Umbridge, who clearly represents, like, everything J.K. Rowling despises. Right, represents, like, this obtuse, bureaucratic uncaring, Uncaring politicians. Yeah. And book five kind of got ragged on by some people. And I think that that pissed her off. You think this is easy? I cannot write these stupid stories anymore. I must tell the truth about the world. She's 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 like a supervillain. 
it's like a super villain where she starts off thinking that she's going to save the world. And then when the world isn't ready to receive her, she lashes out. She says, fine, I'll be what you think I am. You know, you just want to stay like stupid, you know, masses just eating up your opiates and not caring about anything. Well, then I will be the opiate. I will be the corporation. I will be Umbridge. And then in the end, she broke everyone's hearts. And everyone was reading the last book shaking at some of the horrible death that she'd put us through. And she looked at us with a little smile, a little glint in her eye, and said, you know what? All was well. They all live happily ever after. All was well. Nothing means anything. Whereas James Cameron, he gets massive amounts of people out to see his stuff, just like J.K. Rowling. But the difference is J.K. Rowling tries to embed herself in your brain and turn you into her. He, she, wants to be a, she wants to fill the casual vacancy right. that's in your brain. <laughs> yeah, he renders, he renders your brain basically just a blank space. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a, basically a war of the titans happening right now. James the, Cameron on one side, J.K. Rowling on the other. And the saddest thing is that we look at death coming down upon us, and this deathly thing has only one word for us. Hello! Hello! Deathly, <laughs> death comes to say hello! <laughs> so, guys, I think that's uh, all that we have time for. Wait, is that your ringtone? Do, 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 do. It's your daddy. I don't remember. <laughs> Dude, your daddy's calling now. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Daddy's on the phone. Do, 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 <laughs> there it is. That's do, the ringtone. Do, 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 do. That's the ringtone we heard at the beginning of this episode. Nanny numbskull? What's what's going on? What is it? She she dug up Daddy and uh apparently his foot had nearly healed, but digging him up early killed him. How? He, he warned us of this. He said the earth's nutrients could not do their work if he was pulled up early, and I didn't believe him, and now I killed my father. Wait, what happened? So that she dug him up, he was alive and well, and then he just died in front of her? You've ever seen... Why did you hang up before you asked any follow-up questions? Because I already know. <laughs> okay. It's all appearing in my uh-huh. head. You've ever seen... You've seen The Last Crusade? Of course. You know at the end when the guy like turns into an old man goes, Oh, it's happening to me. And then he like turns into an old man. Right. He did not choose wisely. That was, that's, that's what happened to my dad. He shriveled and died. Do you hear the, the bells from the, from the local shoe factory are, are ringing out? The king is dead. Who will fill this power vacuum? Who will sit on his throne? And you, you're the heir to your father's empire. I guess I'm the shoe king of the north now. You're going to have to, I mean, you are next in line, but you're going to have to fight for that title. If you want it, you're going to have to play the game. Well, listeners, as someone who can truly say that he's experienced tragedy now, there's only one place left for me to look, and that's, to the galaxy. And I, and I hope that if I keep my eyes sharp and my ears clear, the galaxy will whisper to me. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>